In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is the Bowtie Chronicles Podcast, episode 203, with D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, with everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, Falcons to Space Salary Cap Blues in 2021. We're going to go through... Um, that we're gonna break that down. Hear from Todd Gurley, hear from cornerback AJ Terrell, give you my impressions after the first couple of days of the strength and conditioning program that were open to the media for a hour of observation. And then we'll close by reviewing the COVID testing numbers as they stand currently around the National Football League. So first, let's just tell you how to find us here. You can get us on Twitter at AJC. Our Facebook page is Atlanta Falcons News Now. And, of course, you can certainly go to AJC.com, get over to sports, get that drop down on the Falcons page and bookmark us for your Atlanta Falcons news all season long. Now, the salary cap. With the teams projected to lose $130 million apiece during the coronavirus pandemic, uh, that number was given to us by uh, D. Maurice Smith, the NFL PA executive director. That was the projection. So the league and the NFL PA had to negotiate how those hits were going to uh, take place. Were they going to do it all in one year, spread it out over 10 uh, they came up with a uh, spread out over three-year period starting uh, in 2021 with the cap probably being around $175 million. So that's going back from the 190s right now. It was projected to be at $210 million uh, for 2021. Now what that does is those teams that were already bumping up against the cap, like the Atlanta Falcons, uh, and the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to be in dire straits next year, do some, some magical moving around. I know Nick Polk's one of the best ones in the league at moving around, but it's not any room when you pull. That's $35 million out of the pot. So, you know, some scenarios include, uh, you know, not resigning players, uh, not being able to resign uh, say Todd Gurley's on a one-year contract. He has a great year. Then you want to keep him. Ah, it's going to be hard. Same thing with Darquez Denard. One year on the contract. You got to keep him. It's going to be hard. Uh, also, it was pointed out that Dante Fowler's uh, contract was structured with this problem in mind. It's uh, backloaded. Uh, doesn't hit, hit until later on. So, uh, yeah, they put some of those... Uh, Problems into the future, 
so uh, get ready for a lot of these young guys to get chances to play in the National Football League. They're going to need some players on some lower salary caps moving forward. So that's something for down the road, but uh, certainly one of the side effects of the coronavirus pandemic that's going to detrimentally affect the Falcons in the future. We'll file it and keep track of that if we can get to some football this year. So the players were back. They cleared all their rounds of testing. And uh, one of the more outspoken guys about, uh, you know, getting to this point was running back Todd Gurley. But uh, he seemed to be kind of okay with everything and how they returned to practice, how they were spread out, the spaciousness. Uh, a flowery branch makes it easy to do that. Uh, so let's hear from Todd Gurley, the running back, the former University of Georgia star, on uh, Monday. And, and, you know, I felt like, you know, today was just a stepping stone of, of what, you know, leads into the season. So um, a lot of good things. I mean, definitely for me, just being able to be out there, you know, uh, learn my new teammates' names, um, the coaches, and also, you know, get adjusted to the playbook. It looked like the masks were optional. It looked like you kept making sure you had yours on. What's the rules on wearing masks and practicing? I mean, they, they had us pretty much um, spread it out. You know what I mean? And obviously they have, you know, three fields, uh, not even including the indoor stuff. And then, you know, I felt like we just did a good job of spreading everybody out today, everybody being in their groups. And, you know, just kind of me just kind of, Getting used to trying to wear the mask, more for conditioning than anything. Uh, you know, just trying to work my mind and work my body kind of back into shape. All right. Thanks, Todd. Thanks. Was there was Todd. There was uh, Todd Gurley discussing, you know, adjusting to the playbook and uh, getting his mask uh, adjusted and so forth. And, um, you know, Todd is, uh, you know, look pretty good out there running around, but they all do. They're pro athletes. They're going to look good <laughs> running around uh, in strength and conditioning situations. I wish I can get you more, but uh, hey, that is, uh, you know, that's uh, just one of the facts of life. When they get out there, they can do that. Uh, we're going to get you here to some A.J. Terrell. The, the competition in the secondary, how fast can you get ready to play? Uh, you know, I fit in good, fit in very well, just uh, coming in, just uh, learning learning the cornerback position and all the other positions, just making myself play faster. And uh, just going in daily, just working, like I've been saying, just working every day and just uh, not making the same mistakes as the day before, just uh, limiting the amount of errors and uh, just get better and don't repeat the same mistakes. And uh, I... One of my friends told me uh, his son played with you guys at, at Westlake High that, uh, you know, uh, you all's quarterback left to go to Roswell, but you decided that, hey, no, I'm staying here and uh, showing some leadership for the program. Can you talk about, you know, that and the leadership that uh, you developed at Westlake? Uh, you know, just, that, I mean, that was big for me, uh, just staying. I didn't feel like I needed to leave for no, no reason to leave. Um, like I said, I, I was I was a leader on the team before uh, they they left, you know, just before them. But um, just staying there, just uh, holding the team down and showing that you know I'm staying down with the team, and it meant a lot to the guys and it meant a lot to me. I never even thought about leaving, 
and uh, you know, we we made it far in the season. We made it to the playoffs. We had a you know a great uh, season that year, and you know everything fell in place. So we we was really good. And uh, just here, uh, how do you hope things work out for you after you're getting the testing and uh, you know all the protocols in place to you know you know start getting back towards getting on the field? Uh, you know everything's been good. Just coming in, just uh, trusting the process with the virus. Um, wearing our masks when we need to. Uh, we around each other, keeping our distance, and um, just doing all the five things right so we can get on the field and you know everybody be uh, corona free and just uh, handling the business. Thank you, AJ. There it is. Falcons first-round pick, AJ Terrell. Yeah, shout-out to my um, frat brother, Troy Hoffman, his son, Carrington Hoffman, one of our former Smyrna Spartan uh, fullbacks and linebackers, played in high school ball with uh, AJ over at uh, Westlake and uh, brother Gene Toodle's son. Uh, Gene, you know, played at Georgia and his sons up at uh, North Carolina A and T. They uh, they were like, oh yeah, we they gave me some of the background on AJ and uh, his family and uh, you know how they kept the football team together during a tough time during the coaching change over there. So uh, good folks and wish AJ the best here. He sound like he's ready to get to it. So good luck to him. Uh, moving on to number four, my impressions. It was bizarre. Uh, it's gonna be bizarre. The whole year is. Uh, but, um, you know, the Falcons spread out over the three fields. They had 20 guys in a line, like at every five-yard marker. Uh, I can't do the math. That's more than six feet, I think. And, uh, you know, Matt Ryan was even more. He was in the end zone on the, the, the third line. But he looked like he was 10 yards away from everybody. Uh, as they try to keep the quarterback away from, from you know, they want to keep him as clean as possible. Uh, but, yeah, the guys, they got in their work. It looked kind of slow. It was just the beginning. They're ramping up. So it uh, wasn't uh, much to give you or offer you in the words, in the, the way of football, although they did break into about at the 30-minute mark. They broke into uh, position groups, and they ran through some things. Uh, they looked like they had flip cards. Uh, Alex Mack was running the line. Grady Jarrett had the uh, – the defensive line couldn't see the linebackers, uh, and um, uh, who else there? Oh, Keanu Ricardo Allen was running the D back drills, and he was helping Keanu Neal. Uh, Keanu was helping him. I mean, and so I, I did get to see him backpedal, which is I wanted to see in person. We saw him on Instagram doing it, uh, but yeah, look look good. You know, he's going. You know, it's not football speed yet, but. Uh, uh, nothing is at this point, and they're kind of easing their way back into this. I think that's one of the greatest. I've been covering, well, I wrote my first NFL story in, ooh, a long time ago. I was a little young, a real skinny guy. 19, uh, 1985, I was on Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner going over 1,000 yards for the Charlotte Observer. Uh, then I got on the Bengals beat in, I think it was 89, uh, the year they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, helping out Jack Brennan. So I've been covering football for a long time and through strikes and the unions and all this. And I think one of the best things the NFLPA did was get these players these uh, uh, concessions on practice because practice used to be brutal. Two-a-days in August, and uh, Todd Gurley said, hey, I'm not going to complain about this watered-down training camp. They know what it is, but they think they uh, these athletes train all year round. 
Um, they think they can just hit the field and turn on the switch. They minimize their risk of injury and uh, give them a better chance to, you know, make the money that in some cases is not guaranteed. So kudos to D. Maurice Smith. He gets knocked in a lot of quarters for a lot of things, but uh, player safety has been um, discussed by the league and the union, and uh, they really came through for the players uh, on player safety here in this one. Uh, so, give you know, if you hear bad things about them, you can give them that for uh, what the administration has uh, done under his watch. Now, we did, uh, we knew it was going to be, uh, if you've been following us, we, we had doctors on. And they told us so far it's going to be positive tests. Uh, the key is going to be keeping everybody clean once you get into camp. And then how uh, you proceed from there. It's going to be hard with... Folks leaving in and out of the building uh, to, to uh, trace everything. But the players are going to have to self-bubble themselves pretty much. And, uh, you know, by seeing some of your teammates be out for a while uh, may, you know, you know, push guys to do it. But as of Thursday, I've been tracking all the numbers released by the NFL. They've had 90 players put on the reserve COVID list. Um Matthew Stafford was one. He came back, uh, the former Georgia quarterback came back with a false positive. Uh, and so he's back. They've had 52 players on the opt-out list, including uh, Dante Hightower, who will go down in Falcons history as starting the fire that led to the collapse in the Super Bowl, or certainly was a big part of it uh, with his sack strip. And then Chandler Brewer, he was a guy that uh, Dante Fowler brought to our attention who has Hodgkin's disease, um, beat cancer, and he doesn't want to risk it. So he's a young undrafted kid, I believe out of Idaho, a tackle. You know, so it's guys like that all up and down the opt-out list. And uh, Dante Flowers said you don't want to, um, you know, he wants to support everybody on the opt-out list. Falcons haven't had an opt-out player. They have had six players placed on the list. Uh, none of them have been um, activated. So there have been 30 players activated. So that's net 60. 90 on their list. 30 activated. So net 60 are still on the list. And the teams won't say, hey, they have it. They have the coronavirus. They're saying, no, they might have been in contact with somebody who had it. And they have to quarantine. So we should start seeing those guys come off in 10 days or or sooner. And then, you know, 14 days and they come back and can't pass a test, then it's a more serious situation. So the longer that people stay on the list, uh, it's reasonable to conclude that they have had the coronavirus, which is up to 5 million. It's just been uh, handled poorly. And then just... Uh, in closing, uh, I want to pay some respects to Coach Hill from Statesboro, one of the legendary high school basketball coaches in the state. Uh, took his team to the Final Four in four decades. He passed away uh, recently of the COVID-19 uh, complications. You know, Keith Legree was on his team. People will remember him. Uh, one of the uh, great players to come out of Statesboro. But rest in peace, Coach Hill. With that, we're going to get on out of here. Uh, we won't have another open session. We'll be hearing from Matt Ryan tomorrow, uh, Carl Allen, 
get some uh, uh, issues from uh, how the leadership's looking at the team. And then Coach Quinn will be here on Friday. Finally get to ask him about Darquez Denard. I'm trying to get Marvin, uh, uh, Coach Marvin Lewis on the phone here today to help us out with that also. But here we go. We're getting out of here. Thanks for dropping by. The 203rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Take care and have a great rest of the week. Music by DJ Magic. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. A celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.